Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart would be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message.
Come on, put your hands together for the Lord this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm ready for that day. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Does anybody have a maybe a, a thank you, Jesus, in your soul right now? Might just want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for preparing a place that we're going to go one day. Amen. Hallelujah. We are here to worship the Lord. The Lord is holy. He is holy. He's righteous. What an honor to come into his house, to stand in his house, in his presence, and to praise him, to exalt him, and to worship the holy God of heaven. Amen. Do you understand? This isn't just a... This isn't a, a routine thing we do. This isn't just a, 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 an obligation we have to meet. This isn't a, that, something that a box that we check off every week. But this is an honor and a privilege to come in the presence of God and to worship him at his throne. Amen. And we literally can come right into his presence. His presence will fill this room and his power, the power of the Holy Ghost. How many of you believe the power of the Holy Ghost fills the room? Amen. And when the power comes, you better watch out because with power, the heal healing can come and restoration can come and, and deliverance can come when the power is here. And I'm believing that his power is going to just continue to be with us. And I'm believing with every one of you that if you walk in here with a need, if you need God to move in your life this morning, the way maker is here right now to move on your behalf. Amen. Do you believe that? But what we have to do is worship him. If we'll just worship him and make a place for him, Y'all know I'm talking a lot, but the, I want to just, I'm, I'm trying to get the point across here. The Bible says that we understand from the scripture that he inhabits the praise of his people. That means he, he'll come and live in the praise of his people. All we do is just praise and worship him with a sincere, true heart. Worship in spirit and what? And in truth. And he senses that and he begins to just move into that place and he begins to make him a place, a home that he finds a place he can come and dwell and he'll touch every one of us in this place. Amen. Oh, why don't you just praise him just a little bit as we begin to sing this song. Tell him how good he is. Tell him how wonderful he is. Jesus, you're wonderful. We don't tell you enough, Lord, but you're you're so good to us. We can't thank you enough, Lord. Hallelujah.
one of the people that says, well, I hope I'm going to heaven. When, when you're asked that, you haven't met the Jesus that I present to you. Because he's not a hope so Jesus. He's not I'm trying to make it Jesus. He said, my sheep know my voice. He's a personal Savior. And if you believe the lie that Satan himself feeds that makes you question whether or not you're going to heaven or you find yourself saying, I, when somebody asks you this in the great south that we live in, how you doing today? Oh, I'm just trying to make it. And I really hope that when we make that response that, that we mean about day-to-day -day or being worn out and tired. We, we're not referring to getting to heaven because when you're asked that, you say, well, I'm just trying to make it to heaven. Something's happened somewhere that's not biblical. And I, I'm praying today that God will help all of us just understand this. Now, our mind shouldn't be church, body of Christ. We are way too late in the day and the hour for our minds to be on trying to make it. Let me just do, do a little bit of a background for just maybe hopefully less than a minute. There's nothing you can do to make it. You can't do anything to make it except for believe on Jesus Christ and allow his blood to wash away every sin that's all you can do. You can't do anything to make it. You're made out of dirt. You mess up every day. I mess up. We need the grace of God all the time, every minute, every hour. And I'm so glad his mercy endureth forever. I can't make it to heaven. I've got to accept the free gift of Jesus Christ in order to get there. So if you ask me tomorrow, how are you doing? I'm not going to tell you I'm just trying to make it to glory. I'm not trying to make it to glory. That's been settled when I traded my sins for his precious salvation. So my focus cannot be on trying to make it. That has to be, uh, there has to be a divorce, so to speak, of the church from that kind of mentality because, see, Satan will keep you busy until you take your last breath, thinking that you're trying to make it because if you are spending all the time on you, you're not doing what God said that his saved body is doing. All right? So you just need to rebuke the devourer when he brings that. Vain imagination, everything that exalteth itself against the knowledge of Jesus, you got to pull down all those strongholds because that's all they are. So we don't need to spend any time on thinking or saying that we're trying to make it, but rather we ought to be spending all of our time and our mindset ought to be on last-minute details and just trying to finish up a few finishing touches on this life and in this life as we know it. Think of it in terms of a bride that's about to be married. In fact, I'm going to probably touch this two, days, two, two ways today. 
If you talk to a bride that's getting married, uh, let's say in the month of July, I can promise you that she's been engaged, let's say for a year. If you go up to her and talk to her, she, and you say, well, how are you doing today? Or, or what are you up to? I can, I can promise you that she's not saying, well, I'm trying to get engaged. What is she doing, church? She's calling to cater. She's checking over, is the dresses here yet? She's making sure that there's going to be plenty of chairs at the venue. I don't care if she's hired a wedding planner. She's still doing all this. You know why? Because she's the bride, and she understands. Her day's getting near, and she ain't spending time hoping she's thinking she's going to get engaged. She's spending her time, the last few minutes she has before her wedding day, on last-minute details. That's what the body of Christ ought to be doing and supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be finishing up, getting through, cleaning up, this, checking on this person, taking care of this need, uh, sanctifying this part of our body that we haven't released to God yet. Last-minute details, that's what we're to be doing. Satan will keep you again distracted your whole walk thinking again that you can do something to get on up there when it's time to go up there. So what, what do I mean by that? When I say last-minute details and finishing touches, well, Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 4, you know, you're having deja vu, and I get it, so just have it. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Paul wasn't trying to make it in when he wrote those words down. That was not what he was thinking. He knew he was already a citizen there. He was a stranger and an alien and a pilgrim here. That wasn't on his mind when the Holy Spirit was guiding his hand to write that, trying to make it. In fact, Paul was doing what he said. He was simply finishing his course. And this must be done by you and I today and believers everywhere by what Paul said in Romans, by renewing our minds. And that's the way we got to start thinking. We've got to, we've got to start thinking about what we need to do before we go home. You know, if you're going on vacation, I said two, but there's three, possibly more. This belongs to the Holy Spirit. When you're going on vacation and you've got your suitcase packed or overnight bag and uh, your toiletries or if you do a medicine bag like we do, you know, you are not... Um, you're not going under your house and trying to fix insulation up under there. If you got, you know, PVC pipes and electrical wires running under your subfloor and all that, 
when you're packing for vacation on Friday because you're leaving on Saturday, you're not under there doing all those kinds of things. You're not painting the trim on your house, are you? You're going to get the essentials that you need because none of that's going to matter for the next week anyway. This is what Paul was saying. I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. And I have I finished, I finished my course. So you've got to start thinking this way in order to start living this way. And so, you know, I've already referred to it when I talked about wars and rumors of wars, but I've already just kind of warned everybody, we'll be in Matthew chapter 25 and 26. You'll probably hear us talk a lot about this year, um, Ezekiel 38 and 39, uh, the book of Daniel and Revelation a lot because this is where we are. We, the whole word of God matters, and it's all very relevant. Every single word right now, but the message, what the Spirit is saying to this church today, and I believe, I believe in, in some way or form, the Spirit is saying this all over the earth. There is a few things from a parable that has to deal with what I think looks identical to the hour we're living in when we read the parable that Jesus gives about the, the Lord and those that were given the talents. You remember? The five and the two and the one. Well, we're not going to go through all of that today, but there are a few things talking about staying focused on our course, not getting sidetracked with trying to do something Jesus can only do, among other things. There's a few things we can learn from this parable when we pick up on what I want to talk about for a moment, the last part of the parable in Matthew 25, verse 24. And this is actually dealing with one who received the one. Then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I, now this is Jesus telling this. He can word this parable any way he wants to. He can use any language he wants to use, but you need to pay attention closely to the words that he uses. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and at my coming I would have received back my own and I'm just going to include at least with interest. So I want to tell you two things quickly that I hope and pray that while you're renewing your mind that this can become a part of the renewal process that just becomes who you are. The first thing about this individual that the Lord left us with in this parable was he was not focused on his course. 
but he was focused on his flesh. And I want to tell you this. You can't serve two masters, again, two weeks in a row. I know a lot of people mostly use that with money, but listen today, church. There's going to come a time in your walk before the trumpet sounds where I believe with all my heart you're going to have to, you're going to, have to deny yourself. You're going to have to ignore your flesh. That is not good vacation talk, is it? That's the truth. Because your flesh is always demanding what it likes, what it wants, what feels good, and what's convenient. Amen, preacher. It does, and it always has done that. Second thing I want you to know, that flesh is subject to fear. Faith is not. What do you mean? Well, this young man or fellow the Lord was referring to, he paid more attention to being afraid than he did to what his Lord was expecting. We're going to talk about salvation again. Is that okay with you? Good. I want you to understand today, you can hear many messages on this, and you can get a lot from it yourself, just reading on your own. God loads us down with benefits all the time. The Bible tells us that. You don't believe me? Put your hand on your chest. That thing's called a heart. You can't do anything to make it beat. All right? Inhale. You can't produce the air and the oxygen that you just, we're loaded down. Them babies upstairs were made in the image by the hand of God. You're loaded down with blessings all the time and benefits. And these talents were a blessing, the five, the two, and the one. But I want to tell you the greatest gift God has ever given to mankind is the blood of of his son, Jesus Christ, the spotless lamb. We can talk about this in the context of a talent, but let me tell you something, and I hope you can really get this today along with myself, that when God gave his only begotten son so you and I could be saved, friend, you need to look at that, and, and I don't mean this disrespectful, but you need to look at that as a talent of all talents in the world. And when God gave you that talent, that was not just so you could be saved and go to this blessed hope called heaven, but just like in the parable that Jesus himself gave to us, God gave you the gift of salvation so you could be saved so that an intimate relationship could be restored, but also because God knew that he wasn't going to do anything else, so he saved you so you could finish the something else that he referred to at least, at least, at least I should have got interest out of this investment. 
So you coming to church is good and it's biblical. Me preaching is good and it's very biblical. But let me tell you something. God saved me and you so we could be salt and light and Jesus to a world that's sick and dying and perverted. And just like the fig tree that I preached to you weeks ago, if not months ago, don't let people fool you with this new modern version of grace that says you absolutely can just float your way to glory and don't worry about the great commission because God is still coming to look at what you're doing with the talent of salvation. To whom much is given, much is required. In verse 26, again, Jesus, addressing this person, uses two words to describe the way he sees him. Not a preacher that don't want to offend. Not in a country where it would be considered hate speech to say this. Jesus Christ said, you wicked and lazy servant. Slothful. And see, his mercy endures forever, as I've said. The amazing grace of God is just that. The gift of salvation is just that, a gift of God. But church, I cannot say this loud enough or long enough or too many times. We've got to connect the dot before the trumpet sounds that he saved me so he could at least get a few souls, a few families, a few drug addicts, a few homosexuals, a few liars, a few adulterers off of his investment in my life. He did not save me to feel justified and comfortable with just attending church and paying tithe and that's it. I need to wake up guilty and feel so, so consciously aware of that every day of my life. If I preach long enough, the amens will keep getting thinner and thinner. Guaranteed. But they need to today because this needs to do more than go in my ears today. Because I'm telling you, since last Sunday, Satan hadn't missed a beat. He hadn't missed a beat. But the church, they just still want to be fat and happy and see what fun, lazy thing they can do next. And I'm speaking of the church globally because when what I'm talking about is going on, oh, you're going to hear about it. Your boys at, at Fox or CNN or all the other hellish locations that you feed from may not tell you, but let me tell you, you cannot keep the power and the fire of God quiet when people are being Jesus Christ. The world is starving so much for him that somebody's going to tell you, come and see a man that changed my life. I want you to hear about this Jesus, and this is where we have got to get to soon. Sooner than later, church.
This man probably was not lazy, possibly in no other area. Hear me today, church. Hear me, radio. Hear me, internet. He probably was not lazy in his finances, in balancing his checkbook. He was probably not lazy in his yard being kept or making a golf appointment or making a dentist appointment or getting her nails done or going and making sure all of the groceries are bought and all the phone uh, bills are paid up so we can stay on them. He probably was wasn't lazy in being prompt at work every day of his life, but he was just lazy on Jesus, just lazy on the Lord. And you know what? It wasn't a preacher that called him lazy. Y'all caught on to that right by now, right? The Lord identified him as wicked. James, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth not, it's sin. It's wicked. So, our bodies have always, by nature, our bodies are comfortable in the bleachers. Let it sink. Let it sink. Let it get there. Our bodies are comfortable in the bleachers. Now, we can, we can coach from the bleachers. We ain't going to run up and down that field or that court, though. Why? Because we fat and lazy, out of shape. Oh, we got all the excuses in the world. But we can, we can coach from them. Yeah, we can. So we're comfortable in the bleachers. You know, it's like people on the Internet, what we call them, uh, keyboard renegades. They can do all of it with their fingers or thumbs. They just can't do nothing with their rear end. Who wants to amen that? Not even in my notes right there. So, he kind of received his one talent, Jesus said. If you just kind of visualize all this, Jesus said the, the Lord, this master gave out these five and like wildfire. Double. Two like wildfire, then to give it this one. Now, let me, can I just say this? Thank you, Holy Ghost. The Lord was not expecting a crop of, of 10 from the one he gave one to, but he was expecting two. All right? He wasn't expect. He wasn't expecting four or 10. He was expecting at least two, though. So the others did what they were supposed to do, but he kind of got his and just kind of got stuck. That's what's wrong with a lot of Christians. Since salvation, many Christians have just gotten stuck right there. Just got stuck. I'm saved, and I'm on my way to glory. And that's all the Lord wants me to do. Wrong, wrong, wrong. The Lord wants us to get unstuck so we can get other people that are not even Christians unstuck. Amen. Today is the day of salvation, by the way. So people are stuck, whether it's with church attendance, People are stuck, whether it's in being faithful and praying, fasting, reading the Word of God, 
people are faithful and are, 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 are stuck at just being saved, not coming on Wednesday night. Not, hey, what you want me to? I can't do nothing else when we do VBS work. Yeah, I'm taking advantage of all this because I'm led by the Spirit to do this right now. Because I, I, I want it to be more than words. I, I want it to be a relevant service today where something life-changing happens in this building. Because there's many, possibly thousands of people are connected to what I'm saying by the, the connectors that I'm talking to right now. And all the people that I can't see that are somewhere on the planet. A lot of people, they're just stuck. And it's not God's will. For whom the sun sets free, you're free indeed. And again, Holy Ghost conviction ought to set in whatever my hand finds to do. That means you don't wait on one of the worst things you can tell me in this church. Preacher, if you need me, just call me. Don't tell me that. We are bleeding with needs between two locations. Don't tell me if you need me. The Bible says whatever your hands find to do, you do it. So that means when I read this book, my hands is instructed to go look for something in the kingdom to do. I told you about them amens a while ago. And, and, and I don't really want that. But folks, imagine you giving one of your children, not on loan, not like Hannah did, not on loan. Oh, no, I'm talking about watching him or her Literally be split right down the middle, bleeding everywhere and dying and being made fun of, all because they're trying to save somebody from eternal damnation. And the people act like it's not a big deal, that we are not indebted to you for the rest of our life. Now imagine God, because I wonder about that a lot in my life. God, what am I doing? And I've already stated the case. You can't do anything to earn salvation. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't try to get there. you just got to receive it. But again, if you've got this real Jesus I'm talking about, your hands is looking for something to do because our tails have got it memorized on what to do. And it's time to get off of them in the kingdom. I don't want to offend anybody, but the Lord called a man wicked and lazy. And we've got to wake up and remember, he's full of grace, but he's a God that's full full of wrath, and one day he's going to pour out his fury on people that didn't think it was a big deal. They don't say that at my church as we go home and watch rated R movies. So, Paul said again, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. You know one thing, and I just feel prompt to do this right now. We can't do this at the end because I got to do something very uh, critical. Um, but but what I'm saying to do one of the things that has happened. We're halfway into the. And if you're visiting, please, 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 just know I'm not all this like this every Sunday. 
just the other 51. Okay? I just, a lot of people get excited when their children do well and when they get money in the bank. I'm just excited when I preach because he's left me here to do this. He could have took me in 84, but he didn't. He should have. He could have, couldn't he, Daddy? He could have took me. I was wrapped around a pine tree, man. I owe him everything. Really? I owe him everything. And I fought nausea all week, sipping on a ginger ale the time to come preach. So while I'm able, I'm laying it out as the Lord will allow me to. Because there's nothing else going to help us. Nothing else going to help us but the word church. We got to understand that. But one of the things that God laid on my heart in January, if you remember, we've got to get to a place in the body of Christ and in our church about we've got to quit with chaos. We've got to have order in place of chaos. And so this is maybe an announcement or a commercial or whatever, but it's part of this sermon. To do everything that this church needs to do, we probably maybe, maybe have 10 or 12 people on what we call a special events team or whatever, which is really going to be made up of many teams. But everybody that has a pulse, we need, we need 30 to 50 people that say, look, I'll do whatever, whenever. Whenever it's possible, I will do it. And, and, and just refuse to let anything get in the way of giving the Lord something on this talent. Now, this is not fully what I'm talking about. And, and we were going to devote more time to this, but there's something else that has to happen today. And so Paul said, I mean, the writer of Hebrews said, Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us and let us run with race, with patience, the race that is set before us. Right here on this stage is a, a hurdle that they use many times uh, in track meets, everywhere, high school, high school, uh, Olympics, whatever. And the people that are in the race, I've noticed something. When, it doesn't matter if they're teenagers or collegiate athletes or uh, people in the Olympics, that when it's time for them to run, and if it's a gun that they fire to start the race, when they get to a hurdle, they don't get to it and look at it and you just kind of just sit down. You know what they do? When they get to that hurdle, they leap over that hurdle because that's one of the things they got to do in order to even get close to finishing and winning that race. And again, the bleachers are very comfortable. But we've got to, we've got to look at these hurdles 
in a different way. It's not social services job to do it. Show me in the Bible. Show me in the Bible where social services is supposed to do what the body of Christ is supposed to do. I'm preaching today, church. Show me in the Bible where somebody younger than you, it's their turn to serve. Show me. Show me in the Bible where they were born that way and the power of the Holy Ghost cannot transform and change them. It's a hurdle. You see that, right? Show me in the Bible where it says that bitterness is not something that you've got to deal with before you bring your altar, your gift to the altar. Just show it to me, and I will publicly acknowledge it next week. But you're not going to do it because it's not in there. I can show you in the Bible where it says, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. I can show you in the Bible where it says, there is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. I can show you that in the Bible. I can show you in the Bible what I said at a a funeral about a week ago. No greater love has a man than to lay his life down for his friend. Greater, greater love, the Lord said, is impossible to have than that. So you know, all the talking that we do, and again, we have many people in our church who are different ages. We're at all different levels. One thing I said about those young guys yesterday uh, and, and girls, I said, I, I just wished I was in that kind of shape to be able to run like that, that long. We got, we got different levels of health in the church, but I want, I want to just bring up my Lord and Savior's point he made. He's just wanting something off of the one talent that he gave me and he gave you. And it's funny that a lot of people are so caught up in what they can't do or what it's somebody else's job to do, whatever your hands find to do. That's what your hands are going to be judged before God whether they did it or not. That's heavy when you think about that. And back when I was just speaking about special events and all these things, Anything. It doesn't matter if it's called that or not. We just need to be in a place where we say, Lord, whatever I got left in this right here, I'm going to wear it out for you. There's too much flying under the radar, and we've got to rebuke that. That's a spirit, and Jesus called that a wicked and late. Why did he call it wicked? He called it wicked because... We are not giving God the glory and the honor that's doing, uh, that's, that's due his name by giving our bodies as living sacrifices. That's why it's wicked, church. And the devil tells you it's okay and it's, and it's, it's, it's all right. And Paul didn't say this. He didn't say, I fought a good fight. I have finished my relaxing or I have finished my watching, or I've just finished my uh, 
minding my own business, you know, all the things that we say and other people say. Paul didn't say that. He said, I finished my course. Whether you know it or not, brother, sister, friend, whoever, you've got a course. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so, let me tell you something. Paul finished his course, and then he marched. He finished his course. He didn't re-enroll. You know, when you go to college, you, you apply and you get accepted. Well, when you get in college, like the other two examples I've already given, when you go to class the first day and you move in your dorm, you don't keep applying to get in college, do you? No, you don't, preacher. You start on your course. You start writing term papers. You start doing projects, and you see how many electives you got to have. As you get through, as you get closer to the end, you see if you got to write a, a thesis or a term paper, or there's got to be a a, a, a Great project, you have, if you, we call it practicum, if you, or if you have to do student teaching, those kind of things, or a residency. You, you, you are finishing up. Those are the last-minute details. And so when Paul finished his course, he graduated. He marched. So July, you might hear it if you are listening to something from New Orleans. When the saints go marching in. Think about that in a different when the saints go marching in, they just finish their course. Down on earth, yeah, corny, as Joe Ray would have said. But it's the truth. So, if you're genuinely born again, it's time to renew your mind. You're not trying to get in. You're not trying to make it in. All you are doing all you are doing is just saying, Lord, you gave me this life. You gave me this salvation as a free gift. This is what I did with it. Did anybody hear anything at all today? Did you? Do you understand? No, do, do, you, do you understand, though? Do you understand? It's very unbiblical to sit back. It's very unscriptural to watch. It, that's as rebellious as anything. Just because you were saved doesn't mean you don't have the ability to be rebellious, church. Neither do I. And I'm telling you this in the way that I'm telling you today because as sure as you turn your TV on, there's going to be somebody that wants money, Followers, they don't want to offend nobody. They don't bring up last-minute uh, details that need to be addressed. They don't want to say anything that the Lord says needs to be said. They don't want to do any of that. They have to, oh, don't, 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 don't listen. That's somebody that over-exaggerates. They're, they're not reading a current interpretation of the Scriptures. All liars will have their part in the lake of fire. There's many false prophets in the world today, and this is why you got to be careful. 
with everything that you hear and everything that you do and everything that you read. I want to pray for any, I want you to remain seated, believe it or not, right now. But I want to pray for any and all that are not saved. You're not sure. You were under the impression that you might be saved and you're trying your best to get home. You hope that that coat teller, your, your grandma's or your mama is really strong and not going to rip. You can ride in on that. No, you really want to be saved today. Saved and I know that I am saved. The old song. You're online now or whenever. Radio. If you're here, you can meet me right down here at this altar. But I want saints of God praying for the lost right now in this building. Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner and you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath. And for that, you feel bad and so bad that you've asked him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face and give an account for your life? If you have not done that or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And you have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you. God, I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us, Lord. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you've got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen, 
We'd like to help you out on your journey and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission and you're part of that. So let us pray for you and if you have any kind of prayer requests, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now. And that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.